Welcome to another episode of Real You, Real Money. Today's guest is Ruthie Zarai, and I am so happy to have Ruthie here. Ruthie is a life and leadership coach who was in my group coaching, my mastermind, a couple of years ago. I'm always terrible, particularly since 2020. Who knows? Who knows about the passings of time? I do not. But it was a few years ago. And at the time, she was working in employment. I'm going to get Ruthie to tell us more about this in a second. And has since moved into working for herself. And that was absolutely the plan. And you, at the time, you were doing both, weren't you? You were running your coaching business and you were employed as well. And so I have wanted to talk about this topic for so long because it comes up a lot with people it comes up in various guises but people wanting to make that I'm and I'm purposefully not going to call it a leap by the way throughout the this chat but they're wanting to make that change that shift from one to the other and I was like "Mm, wait a minute I know someone who's done that and so I reached out to Ruthie and was like would and would you like to come on also I've been itching to catch up with Ruthie in some capacity and was just like I just need to decide exactly what we're going to talk about on the podcast and then I'll invite her and then I was like ding ding Ruthie is the perfect person for us to talk about this with for a whole host of reasons that I'm sure will become apparent as we chat Welcome to Real You Real Money the podcast that will inspire you to love all of who you are and love making big money all at the same time. I'm Ray Dodd, your host and resident money coach. And week in, week out, I'm here to remind you that your feelings and experiences of money have nothing to do with who you are and everything to do with who you've been told you have to be. This podcast is all about powerful conversations that will support you in building a business that reflects who you actually are. This is not a one-size-fits-all style podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates the individual you are and more than that, believes your uniqueness is the key to you making the sort of money you truly want to. Thank you for being here. Let's do this thing. So here she is. So welcome to the podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself briefly and just tell us a bit about how you got to doing what you now do? Okay, thank you so much for having me. And I'm equally excited to chat and catch up with you, Ray. I think I was in your group coaching program. I want to say during the pandemic, because my like memory is also like very, very, um, yeah, just like not so great from that time period. So um, I'm Ruthie that I, I am an ICF accredited life and leadership coach. I run my own virtual coaching business based out of Stockholm, Sweden, but I spent about 10 years in the UK. Um, That's where I pursued my master's in economics. So I have a double degree in economics and I worked in, I utilized my degree really to work in the intersection between business and media. So I worked in Mm -hmm. content development, digital marketing, advertising for a lot of global media companies. And it was actually while I was employed at the Discovery Channel, when I was living and working in London, that I was able to, well, I was able to, I hustled myself into a leadership training for directors and I was a manager at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> the woman that was leading the, the kind of the training, she's, she's amazing. She saw that I was really interested in learning. So she, she let me into that, to that training program. Mm. And that's when they started to shift, in, you know, kind of leadership training more so towards coaching. So yes. it's a two day, coaching training program and I had Mm. 
an amazing experience by the two women that were actually leading the, the coaching program. And I had this big light bulb moment where I was like, oh my gosh, all of my personal interests like embodied into a professional role. Um, yes. So <laughs> I had this big like light, light bulb moment, ding, ding, mm. ding. And so since I was young, I've been just very curious and wanted to learn and like expand my views, but particularly into what we called personal development, but really I've just mm. been interested in growing and learning things, right? And I've always been very interested in people. I noticed yeah. since I was very young that I, yeah, there's a, there's something there that feels very natural in me when it comes to yeah. connecting with people. So then it took me a couple, so it, it, during that program, I was so excited. Then I said to myself, I will train to become a coach. I made a commitment, mm -hmm. but it took me a couple of years because I was promoted and my career took off and all of that. So it was a couple of years later when I had experienced burnout. And then I decided to move back to Stockholm to kind of shift my lifestyle. And that's when I actually took an adult gap year. And during that adult gap year, I used my savings to invest in a ICF mm -hmm. accredited coach training program. So that's right. how I got onto the coaching path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so interesting because I noticed that on your website when I was looking before our chat, like you, you said something about when you were younger, like you were just reading lots of self-development books and it sort of that that kind of knowledge from so young that this is something that interests you like I from very young have always loved tv that's about people so like soaps less reality tvs for some reason but like soap operas and that sort of thing and it, when I reflect on it now I'm like that's because I just love watching people interact like I just find people so endlessly interesting one of the questions that I'm totally jumping that I wanted to ask you about actually but it feels like the next like natural question is you talk about purpose on your website so and you talk about like I can't remember exactly how you worded it but it's it felt like you know part of what you do is really helping people live in their purpose and I wondered what are the, your thoughts on the importance of us knowing our purpose do you think it matters I don't think it matters like to the point where we're spending so much time to find mm -hmm. like the ultimate purpose of our lives. But mm -hmm. I think it does matter to be on a path that feels meaningful to you. So when I mean purpose, I'm simply talking about meaning. And, you know, like mm -hmm. we're constantly evolving and we're the more we do the work, the more we're able to explain what we mean in more mm -hmm. simple terms. So even I, I've worked with like big fortune 500 brands on like purpose-driven marketing campaigns and mm -hmm. i've worked with individuals that want to create more purpose in their like in their life in their yeah. little universes but regardless of what your arena is uh, for me my understanding of purpose is like how can you set yourself on a path that feels meaningful to you and that's how you break down this whole like big convoluted kind of topic around purpose into something that is digestible you know mm. and I think how do you make life more meaningful you become more authentic mm. you know and so so I do a lot of work around people pleasing and making you know encouraging my clients to live more from their want versus their should so yeah. the more that we get to know ourselves the more that our yes is like a true yes and mm. we're moving towards the things that we want unapologetically which you know so aligns with your work right yeah. getting us to embrace like you know that you know abundance and that we want money and to remove all this like programming around it that makes us feel that make us feel ashamed around it so yeah in the same way 
I, I think like I'm very interested in helping people catapult themselves into mm. meaning in their lives. And there are endless interpretations of how to make your life meaningful, but only you can decide what that means for yourself. And that's what I'm really passionate about with like helping my clients kind of discover. I love that because I very much feel like the work I do is my purpose. But when I think about it in the way you're saying it, it's because I'm being so myself. Like it's it's less that this work, because I'm aware, like it's been as someone who flit, like when I first started did flit around a little bit on my niche, which I, by the way, if anyone's doing that, I do not think is a problem. I think it's very normal as you find your spot. But it amazes me that I've been doing this niche for, I think it's like five years now that I've been very solidly in it but the I'm aware that it could change but this work it's less that I feel like I'm trying to get this the right way it's like the work fits me not the other way around if that makes sense and I love the way you're saying that as well it's like what what is what feels like us what brings our lives meaning rather than because I also what I see with a lot of people is when it comes to purpose because of our conditioning for a lot of women, we're like, this better be the most kind, ethical, like purpose. <laughs> and it's that might not be like what you're the the shape for. That might not be who you are. Do you see that with your people, like that kind of wanting to make it this big thing when maybe it's not? Absolutely. First of all, I want to say I really enjoyed your last reel about like being ethical. But I think that's such a great topic <laughs> in general. But yes, so the way that I see it now and the way that I kind of um, kind of also try to explain it to like my clients when they ask about mm. purpose is really that whatever you see me do in my business, it's an extension of my life. I would be doing this regardless, mm. you know, yes. everything that I'm doing and that that is then informing my business. These are my interests. I'm continuously following my impulses, what I like, what I want to do. And kind of like what you said, I try things and then I shed the things that don't work for me. And I'm in constant evolution. I'm a curious person, you know, so being curious, I'm learning about the world. I'm learning about myself. So whatever doesn't work for me, I am like evolving forward Mm. from that. But my, like, it's, it's not like as if this bit, like, you know, I'm building this business as an external thing. It's my life. I would be diving into these topics regardless yeah. And then that informs my life. Right? Yeah. And, then, and that's the only thing that for me makes this sustainable. Yes, absolutely. And I sometimes wonder if that's true. I, mean, I don't think it matters if it's true for everyone, but I think it's true for a lot of people in the business space, like the online business space or the self-employed business space in that many of us are people that for whatever reason, either like could have made it work working like in an employed setting, but it just didn't fit us in the same way and for some people they literally are just like no I cannot I have I say this all the time I am terrible being managing me is not fun for most people (laughs) (laughs) it's not good it's not good so I'd love us to like shift into talking about the way how how was it that when you were working and obviously there's the security of the money when you're employed and all of that stuff what allowed you to make that shift into running your own business in the way that you do now how did that come about I actually really enjoyed being employed. Mm. I had a really fun and interesting career in media in London. Mm. And I worked for some amazing bosses, some that are Mm. still like really close friends of mine. I had a lot of support, both in terms of managers, also 
being in companies that have a lot of resources. So I think like the time that I spent in corporate, it was so useful to my evolution and growth, especially mm-hmm. as a daughter of immigrants. A lot of these things were so new to me. Yeah. Right? I remember my first job when I was working in St. Paul's, I was working for NBC Universal and we were in the sales floor with all these salespeople and I had to like pick up the phone and make a cold call. I'm like, I just felt so out of place. Yeah. Right? But it really, all those experiences have really helped like build me up, right? And help mm. me build confidence and try different things and build clarity. So I think that for me, at the point when I left my media career, I had never had that high of a salary ever before. Mm-hmm. I was working for a company that I really liked. I had amazing global colleagues. It was an international role. Like everything mm-hmm. was great. And I was burnt out for personal reasons, right? right? Because I was being inauthentic in my own life, my mm-hmm. family were very tense so yeah the body keeps the score mm. so all this stuff that I had suppressed around how I was being inauthentic in my own yeah. life being a pleaser mm. my body manifested it so I burnt out and I used that time to say okay well I've got money I bought my first apartment I did all the things I was like I'm going to move home to Sweden and I'm going to take some time off so I feel I feel like when thinking back to it now I always had this idea of that it would fit me very well to work for myself I have like I'm quite entrepreneurial any spiritual reading that I've done they're like you're meant to be an entrepreneur and even in my private life I'd be just like very good at taking things from a thought to execution you Mm -hmm. know so when in this gap that was created I did my training and then I was like yeah I'm just gonna try it right like I Mm -hmm. just decided I'm gonna try it so I think sometimes maybe you're made redundant or maybe sometimes you experience burnout, whatever it might be. You might have yeah. a child. There's a transition that creates space for you yeah. to, to like re yeah. not reinvent yourself, like, but rethink how you're living and mm. try things. I kind of see it like, cause I loved when you were like, I'm not going to call it a leap. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the idea of a leap can feel so huge, but for me it was yeah. more like, yeah, I'm going to try it. I'm sure there was like, all yeah. this, like pressure that I apply to myself about oh I've got to make it but mm. I've completely worked through that now but at the time so I did the training and then the it was this was before the pandemic like maybe a month before I yeah. ended up a four-year romantic relationship supposed to mm-hmm. like, that was my person right everything mm-hmm. is changing in my life and then I said I'm gonna start this coaching business you know mm. I did but I had an idea at the time that I had to leap you know, so I put yeah. this yes. insane yeah. amount of pressure on myself, you know, to like make it, to figure everything out at the mm-hmm. same time, branding, marketing, website, mm-hmm. social media, bookkeeping, finding clients, keeping clients, doing, delivering the service, like everything, right? And then through some type of serendipity during that time, and it was a very interesting, but also confusing time, but I managed, I, I like got like at least 15 or 16 um, I think 15 paying one-on-one clients. So I was busy. I was doing the work, mm-hmm. right? This was when I was in your program. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and it was great. But then I realized one-on-one work is a lot. <laughs> I don't know if I can like, I, and I can, I, can I actually <laughs> earn the type of money that I want to earn and re, retain that my energy yeah. level? Yeah. No. So I was doing a lot of thinking and then this role came kind of came into my universe a friend recommended me for this like business coaching role Mm -hmm. I was on the fence about it but at this time the pandemic was just kind of getting like bigger Mm. and bigger and more uncertainty and all this stuff and I really sat down with myself and I said 
it doesn't have to be a leap, Ruthie. It can be a step-by-step mm. process. So I yes. interviewed for the role and I, I, I got it. And the alignment was in that it was a business coaching role. And I was like, great, it's a contract for two years. So yes. I'm now going to start my journey of nine to five entrepreneurship. I have money coming mm-hmm. in. I get to practice mm-hmm. coaching in my role. Yeah. Right. And the great thing was that employer was like they're open because it's a business coaching government agency. But mm-hmm. like, it's great if you run also run your own business. So there was just so much alignment. And I think that's mm-hmm. when I shifted my mindset from I've got to figure all of this out right now. Yeah. It's got to be a leap. I've got to be successful to like. I think I booked a holiday straight away. I was like, oh, I got money coming and I'm going away. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But I also love like the alignment that happens because it sounds very much like you like, because what we can do and what I see a lot of the time, and I've seen this in myself even, is that feeling of like, yeah, but I have to make this work this way. There's one way to make this work. And people will see something like taking a job. Often they'll see it as a failure. They'll see it as a, I'm not doing this well enough rather than seeing it as, a support for you. It reminds me, my dad always used to tell that story and it's a really well-known one of the person who's drowning in the sea and says, God, send me, set, come, stop me from drowning, save me. And so a boat comes along and they're like, do you want to get in? And he's like, no, God's going to come and save me. And then a helicopter comes along and he's like, I can't get in. God's going to come and save me. And then he drowns, he dies. <laughs> and it's that same thing where we're like, oh my God, what am I going to do here? Or like, this is a lot of pressure or whatever it is. And an opportunity comes. And we sometimes we don't even see it because we're like, no, I've, I've decided how this is going to work. What role do you think ego ha- plays in in this sort of thing, in, in that shift from either working to nine to five to, to fully running your own business, doing the mix or and we talked about this a bit before properly recording, but the other way around when they maybe need to go and get a job? Or maybe that's the right thing for them. So what what role do you think ego plays in all of this? I feel like we can talk about this topic forever, but I also I, I love to speak from my own experience because that mm. feels like more like truthful. So I think what I noticed was when I decided to take this role, obviously the ego story came up. You've told people, you've launched a website, you have like, a, mm. like an Instagram, you've told people that you're now going to be an entrepreneur and all this stuff. And the, the thing with me is, I am able to come back to truth pretty quickly mm. because I was like, what's the truth here for me? There's an ego story around people's perception, right? Because I've launched myself as an entrepreneur. But the truth is, it's the most self-supportive thing to do during a global pandemic, a single income household. I don't really come from money. I'm like, it's all on me, right? And and like also to mix in some astrology here, I'm a Taurus. I like the good life. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to, I, I like to like to be able to have like a, a good experience in my daily life, right? That's mm. what makes me feel supported. So, so I had to be very real with myself and say, no. And I shifted the story internally, basically. Where I mm. said, okay, I am noticing the ego story. I'm not going to fuel it. But I mm. created a new story for myself where I said, this is a way for me to back myself, to support myself. Mm-hmm. I'm in my own timeline. I'm going to take my time with this, right? Yeah. And then I was like thinking about it also like, oh, actually, this was around the time also where online I started to come across a lot of like more nine to five entrepreneurs. So I used to, I started to see this archetype also a lot more in like a lot more like US-based entrepreneurs, you know? Can you tell people what you mean by that, that nine to five entrepreneur? 
Yeah. So I think it was around the time when I was in your coaching program, but I just came across a few like online entrepreneurs that would talk about that nine to five entrepreneurship as an actual thing. So people who decide to start their businesses while still being employed and seeing the mm-hmm. value in having yeah. two revenue streams. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Or maybe use the use. I think there's a quote that one of my great friends, Ryan, shared with me. He's like, you know, you're your nine to five is your first angel investor. And I just started. Yes, I remember see, you saying that. Yeah. Yeah. And I started to just see a lot more mm. of like that community in different pockets mm. online. And that also helped me, helped me release kind of like this shame of like, oh, I'm not doing what I said I was going to do. Yeah. To be honest with you, the immediate relief of having a paycheck coming in and like mm. during an uncertain time, it just kind of removed yeah. yeah, ego story. But I did feel it. I was just able to move through it pretty quickly and kind of do like pros and cons kind of thing. And yeah. so where I've landed with that, because at the moment I am fully employed by myself. Yeah. So where I've landed with that really at this point is if I in the future need employment or feel like, you know, I'm offered a really interesting role, so yeah. for whatever reason, I feel like I need an additional revenue stream then I mm. might go back into employment. I've mm. landed on this mindset of I'll do whatever serves my life on balance the best, right? That is, I feel like I want to do a Brené Brown and be like, wait, can you say that again? But that's such a a step out of ego thing to say, like rather than it being like, I'll do anything to be successful, for example. Honestly. Yeah, like honestly, Ray, and I think I'm going to go into a topic that I actually wasn't really expecting to go into, but we'll just touch on it briefly. I think we both have experienced grief this year, right? Mm. So I lost my my grandmother and that was unexpected. And that was kind of when I when I moved into full self-employment mm. and I wasn't prepared to meet grief in the way that I did just because she was so meaningful to me, right? Mm. It was a moment where I had to reckon with so much unprocessed grief in my life yeah you know and the reason why I can talk to you without crying right now is because I took my time took a couple of months to really sit in that Mm. really process that but I could have never done that if I didn't have like enough savings to cover me Mm. if I wasn't able because I practiced also dialing up and dialing down my lifestyle over the years Mm. in order for me to shift into newer chapters of my life but so if somebody didn't have that type of savings, for instance, mm-hmm. they might not be available be able to sit with the grief in the way that I did. You know, yeah. they might not be able to buy themselves back time yeah. in the way that I did. So I always try to keep this like human perspective on mm-hmm. the most important thing is us and our experience in life, not the ego, not the external stuff. Yeah. So we could, you know, as humans, we go through so many things in life and it's important to, above all, truly like remove that ego and get into position to support ourselves and really mm. love so that's the most important thing yeah how it looks it doesn't matter yeah 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 absolutely and I think I wrote down as you were talking that that one of the things I see stopping people from either making the shift from and and let's be clear as well I think this is really important you do not need to make the shift from you could do what you're describing, that nine to five entrepreneurship, that might work for you. That's totally valid and more than okay. Equally, it can there can come a point either where it feels like a more full expression of ourselves to fully do our business yeah. or just timings wise, 
were like, actually, this is super busy. Like, how can I, I cannot give my all or I cannot grow this in the way I want to by having feet in two places that's actually no longer serving me, which is what you're saying. Like, this is no longer serving me. But one of the things that I see really people struggling to make that shift is the pressure that we conflate. We say it's about money. We say like, but what if I can't earn the money? What if I can't do that? And this comes up all the time in coaching in different guises, but I'll always be like, well, let's actually look at it practically because you're saying, so like, okay, what if you don't make the money? The vast majority, and I know that this isn't always true. You said this wasn't true for you, like in terms of family, it wasn't true for me many times either. But the vast majority of people go, oh, actually, if that happens, I've got a partner or I've got family that will um, have money for me or I've got savings or, well, I guess worst case scenario, I'd be on benefits. Like I'd be on government assistance. So actually, (laughs) this might be a bit of a controversial thing to say, often it's more ego driven. Like what will it mean about me if I don't do this? What will it mean if, like you said, I've set my website up, I've told everyone this is what's going to happen and it doesn't happen. And we kind of conflate those two pressures of ego and money and we make it money because that seems more legit. Yeah. But in reality, it's more about what will people think. Yeah. And and uh, just to build on that, it's not like entrepreneurship isn't for everybody. No. We all don't need to be entrepreneurs. I think no. there is like, unfortunately, unfortunately, we live in this like kind of time where we can all see each other and compare our lives real time but sometimes we have to like actually assess ourselves and say am I am I like first of all am I comparing and if I'm comparing am I comparing accurately is this mine or is this somebody else's so like I think we talked about this also before we jumped on the call like some people who I've seen in so when I was I was doing business coaching I coached over maybe 70 companies during the pandemic, specifically Mm -hmm. within the tourism and leisure kind of industry. We're going in to back them a little bit with some EU funding, right? And there are so many business leaders that I met and and, and also business models that just, it was very clear that they're not going to make it through the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But they couldn't divorce themselves from the idea of like, I need to be doing this. But it was very clear that this business model isn't going to survive. You know, financially, it's not looking so great. And there is also like kind of, I noticed often like stuckness around agility and like this, like, you know, in order to remain and survive in business, we need to mm. be agile and we need to continuously change and meet mm. the changes out there technologically, politically, yeah. and so on. And I just noticed that so many people were struggling until the very end, mm. whereas it just wasn't working for them on like on in so many different ways. Yeah. And they probably would have, benefited a lot more to just like go into employment and just like an example there was there was a one business owner that was had been working seven days a week for almost like an entire year Mm -hmm. like more than 10 hours per day like it's you know it's sometimes we have to like take a step back and understand why we are doing what we are doing and understand that only we can release ourselves from shame and preconceived notions of success yeah, absolutely. I've, I've been thinking about this a lot, actually, because one of the things that I fall back on whenever I'm feeling like, oh, like, I don't know, things aren't feeling like they're flowing or things feel maybe it's a low month. One of the things that I really fall back on is the purpose that we talked about earlier. So I know 
that I have, I always think it sounds like, you know, the taken speech where he's like, I have a very unique set of skills. Like I have very specific, the way I am, and I say this all the time, if you were sat next to me in a pub at a dinner party, I'm going to end up coaching you. It might be about clothes. It might be about money. It might be about all sorts of things, but I'm going to end up being like giving you a pep talk and like, like this just happens. I know that you know, the way the online world works now, that really suits me and the way I work and all of that stuff. And, and so I I kind of come back to you when I'm like, should I like, you know, because, because (laughs) I find being an entrepreneur super stressful sometimes, I'm not going to lie, like really tiring and stressful. And I often think like, oh, I wish I like, you know, it's so funny, you get these people being like, you're not hardcore enough if you don't want to be self-employed, like, oh my gosh, sometimes I wish I was much more suited to being employed and that that was something that made me happy but I fall back onto I know like I know in a deep calm very calm way right at the center of my being that this is what I'm meant to do however I don't need to be attached to what that looks like yes I don't need to be attached to it looks like being a certain kind of Instagram coach or a certain kind of whatever like I get to be open to the possibilities in that And I don't know if you ever felt this or if you've seen this with other clients. I think that really gets in the way of people. They've decided how it's going to look. And so they like, like, like wear themselves into the ground, either through actual work or almost like worry, trying to make that very specific thing. And I guess that's what you're describing by getting another job. Like that wasn't what you thought it would look like, but it freed you up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I see that a lot, you know, and I even in my own experience, right, but I see that a lot. And it's, it's, it really cramps like our creativity. Mm -hmm. And like, we're constantly in motion and evolution, right? So as you're learning about yourself, you're, maybe you do, and that's actually one thing that I really like enjoyed, I've enjoyed just like observing you do, but also in your coaching program, right, that you are so true to hey, if something shifts and changes within me, I'm going to keep moving with that shift yeah. and change, right? And I think that's so important for us to be authentic when it comes to that yeah. because if we're not feeling good about what we're doing, then it's going to show. It's going to show yeah. up in resentment. It's going to show up in frustration. We're probably going to be kind of like energetically matching with not like not the right client. And there's yeah. so much of that and the way that and I agree with you like my personal journey in doing everything in my business marketing how I show up on social media I'm just like if it doesn't work for me I'm not doing it <laughs> yeah you know? and, and there's so many different ways of doing things and I I personally am quite sensitive to all of these impressions right mm-hmm. sensitivity that's been built up to just all this broadcasting that is happening all the time yeah so we we all need to apply a level of discernment to say Mm. who am I listening to why am I listening to this person is this aligned with where I am expanding and growing and do I constantly need to be listening to other people and what is that doing to my own expression yeah yeah because we we get lost in the mix you know people Mm. these funnels or do this, get certified, don't get certified, have a podcast, don't have a podcast. At the end of the day, I've just really come back to this, like just being much more aligned with what feels good to me in my body. Where am I at in my life right now? What's the great, like, how does this fit with the greater context of my mm-hmm. life? In, in very simple ways. And I'm not saying like, if it doesn't feel good, I don't do it. Because sometimes some things that are good for me might not always feel good. Yeah. But I mean like feel good in terms of like, does this feel true? 
you know? Yeah. Is this really yeah. true? Like to me, or I'm doing it, am I doing it because I'm trying to be like somebody else? Yeah. Yeah. It's it. You, what you're describing is what I think I often describe as being you sized. And when I envision you sizedness, which came from people saying you need to play, don't play small, play big. And I would say you just need to play you sized. Like it doesn't need to look big because big yeah. can be like exhausting to think I've got to always be this like big thing. But playing you sized. But when I imagine that, I literally imagine myself like there's me. Like I don't know if I'm lying down. I don't know what I'm doing. But there's a me shaped hole, and I'm just trying to like nudge myself into that space that's uniquely me sized. And what you're describing feels to me like those little nudges of like, oh, I can feel I'm just out of the space, but oh, in there that feels better, and that that feels good. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, and I remember you saying that in the coaching as well mm. when you're a mastermind. I remember, yeah, I think you said you size, and you also said like playing to your actual size. Your actual size, yes. Yeah, yeah. you would say that like intermittently. I think, and I still remember that. And I was yeah, like, oh, such a powerful reframe because what is big it's so confusing this I just it makes me want to have a lie down as soon as people start saying it I'm like I don't that just feels like I'm gonna have to hold a it feels like I'm gonna have to hold another shape that's not mine yeah like because somebody on the internet has said that and it can feel like online it can feel like we're being utterly battered around by all these different things what I love about what I'm hearing from you is that this is less about I should really make the shift to running my own business. And this is more about what lights you up, pursue what lights you up. And it almost takes away the drama and the intensity of the decision. It, it For me, it adds a layer of gentleness in a really beautiful, accepting way. 100%, you know, 100%. It really brings in this like ease, gentleness, mm. and this like self-support. Yeah. It's so important, you know. And for me, it also brought in a lot of joy and fun. I think yeah. in your mastermind, I was in Zanzibar for my friend's birthday and I did the last session while I was on the beach. I could have never done that if I was just gung ho. I'm like, I've got to make yes. this work. But because I have brought yeah. in this layer of support now, I could also infuse the journey with fun. And actually, my journey of entrepreneurship has included so much travel. And that's like authentic to me. I need to be mm. out in the world. I need to travel. I, that's like my authentic code. And I've been able to do that while like having like over 50 paying clients in my mm -hmm. own business. I've started my gone from one on one to group coaching. In my business coaching days, I coached over 60 plus businesses, both yeah. individual and group coaching. I've just been able to use the time so well mm -hmm. but also give myself some so many beautiful experiences as well mm. so I look back at this time and I'm like, oh you used this time really well actually you made it fun yeah I, and also I think I don't know if it's you or Tamu that shared this with me it might be Tamu actually but I think there was she shared with me this thought of like some people like to grow outside of their comfort zone and then some people like to grow within their comfort yeah. zone and I think that I realized that I'm a person that does best to grow within my comfort zone. Yeah. I'm, I'm an earth sign grounded. Like I like mm -hmm. to be grounded. I'm like, yeah, there's just something in that for me. And then also outside of like the like fun of like pop astrology and like insights from that, real insights from my life. I'm a first generation achiever. I'm a daughter of immigrants, a woman of color. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, there's no money that my parents have done such great for me to support me but there's no money to yeah. fall back on I'm a yeah. single income household it's on me right yeah 
yeah. to put unnecessary pressure on myself in yeah. that context. I just feel that it's not necessary. However, for the next person that grows, that might be able to grow exponentially outside of their comfort zone, mm-hmm. it might be the right thing for you. That's why it's so important that the ground work of this work is yeah. to know yourself know who you are yes yes absolutely and I'm sure Tammy talks about it, but I the way I talk about that is because often we, this comes up in coaching either someone saying things are feeling tricky should I go and get a job or it will be I'm what do I take this like I was going to say leap then but do I make they'll normally say that to be fair do I make the leap into running my own business and I say exactly what you said I'm someone I think this has become less true, actually, the more I've healed my own nervous system, which is a whole other episode of the podcast. But certainly when I launched my business, there was no fallback. There was nothing. To be fair, I had two young children. I didn't have, and I would argue, me and my husband argue about this a lot. I would argue I could have got way bigger earning potential doing what I do than if I was to go an employed role. I don't particularly have like skills that would work in that space. I don't think I might be missing something, but I don't think so. So I like not having that safety net worked very well for me in that moment. And for some people, you rise to it. You're like, right. It helped me because I'm someone who can be very, I have a lot of thoughts, a lot of thoughts. And sometimes it's like I'm drowning in them. And particularly before I started, before I discovered coaching and all of that stuff, I could, I needed something to push me out of just spinning in my own self-doubt, essentially. Yeah. And, and so if that... I remember, oh, sorry. Oh, go I on. Say, if I remember correctly, you were under a lot of financial pressure. During so the- much. I've heard you say that on the podcast, but also in, yeah. when I was in your coaching. Yeah. Yeah. We couldn't afford food. So it was, so it was really like, and my family had been like, we have no more money to give you. Like you have to, and we'd maxed out credit cards. It was like, but that was like make or break. This has to happen. And I then did all the stuff. Whereas, and I do believe for me, and this, and I don't believe this is true for everyone. This is not me saying this is what people should do. I think for me, it was the right choice to go all in. Yeah. But I think for other people, and I've seen it, the pressure they this doesn't matter that that it's the only option the pressure is just not something that motivates them in that way and I will say now that I've done more healing on my own nervous system I'm not sure it would do it for me either now yeah I'm I'm so glad we're talking about this I think it's really the self-awareness and the self just understanding self and understanding circumstance sometimes we're in specific chapters of our lives I if I am really honest with myself I have never enjoyed or felt thrilled about not having money like I'm, yeah. I'm the per- type of person I want to have like at least three months of my rent minimum, mm, mm. like disposable to me at yeah. any given point, ideally yeah. six to eight months. So I, ju- I just know who I am uh, in that regard. To be- it's become clearer to me like, yeah. over time. So before we finish up, I wanted to ask you um, a question around money specifically. What I guess it's money beliefs that I'm asking about. Like what beliefs around money supported you in approaching this in the way you have? Uh, It's really what had to happen. And it's a work in progress, right? Yeah. Like you do this work. I had to, to 
get past my overactivated nervous system mm-hmm. that was triggering fears that weren't real, mm-hmm. like this worst case scenarios, and to really look back at my life where I, where I was, and also look back at the history of my life. Yeah. And I've never had an issue with money, and I've never mm. had to, to find money, even when I haven't had money. Mm. So I remember when I was like burnt out and I decided to take a year off. And all of a sudden, from nowhere unexpected, I got this like tax money back. Mm. Like, I think it was like 6,000 pounds at the time. And I had not expected it at all. And I just yeah. know that I, I, knew that I needed to rest like a little bit more. So things like that, things have yeah. always like, client will come through. And I know you talk about this a lot as well, where you're just like, just things just like come through, yeah. right? So I had to sit with that and acknowledge that actually things have always worked out for me in one way or another. There's balance mm-hmm. in my story of money and money always finds its way to me. Mm-hmm. But mentally yeah. I was trying to block it as if there's just yes. a limited amount and people like me can only make a tiny itty bitty amount. Yeah. Capitalism yeah. sucks and I'm too scared <laughs> to all these stories. And I yeah. have to like really, so it's, it's a story about trust and it's yeah. a continuous story because as you know, like, cause you've also done like nervous system work, the bigger steps that we take or the more that we grow, we also have to bring our nervous systems yeah. with us. And I feel yeah. like personally, I'm at this point right now where I feel like I'm stepping into that even more. I'm ready to mm-hmm. make more money. Yeah. And it feels, but I know that I'm ready. I know that I know that this is like part of my story. So it's just like, it's just like really finding that trust, acknowledging that my nervous system needs care. Mm. And then being part, being part of communities like yours, you know, mm. having, having coach acquaintances or a coach community yeah. like you and like friends yeah. like I mean, Thomas. Thomas is also like an awesome coach. And so we can support each other because. Yeah. There's so much programming that continuously needs to be honored and like mm. reprogrammed yes. around how much money is available to us and how much ease is available to us, right? I, I think I ordered this book. I'll screenshot it to you. And it was like, I think it was like how rich people think about money. I ordered it. It's so cheesy. Yeah. But literally, it's, yeah. like, it's like on that level. Yeah, absolutely. It's a completely different thing. It's so interesting as well with what you're saying, because you've talked about the fact that you're from a family, like you're from a family of immigrants. You didn't have that backup that a lot of people say, like a lot of people say that you need in order to have beliefs like the ones you're talking about. Do you know what I mean? There's a bit of a narrative now, which I've always been like, makes me twitch a bit, which is this kind of and I, I, this is not me saying that privilege isn't a thing. Privilege is totally a thing. However, I feel like we need to be very careful when we start the narrative that is like, therefore, certain things aren't ever accessible to people. Yeah. Does that is that making sense? A hundred percent. Like we need to question, question, question. Mm. We need to be in our own inquiry processes because yeah. like my, my parents fled war from Eritrea in the 70s. They were illegal immigrants in Italy. So wow. they all, you know, like their story is so different to mine, right? Mm. And yeah. yeah, but I have to also acknowledge that I was born and raised in Sweden. Like I've had access to security and all these resources. Mm-hmm. So what is mine and what is theirs? And even if that yeah. was my own experience, I have the ability to create new beliefs yes. in an authentic way. Yeah. You know? yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it's important not to hold on to that. So this came, I was doing coaching in my group coaching program yesterday. 
And one thing that came up for me is like, we need to defend our dreams as much as we defend our limitations. We're so good at defending like our, our fears and our ideas of limitation, but let's defend our, like our dreams and prosperity and abundance in the same way. And I also uh -huh. add, because full transparency is so important. I am like shoulder to shoulder with anyone who's working on these things right mm -hmm. now. It is a work in progress, but yeah. because it's a work in progress, it doesn't mean that we need to take it off the table. It no. just means that it's a work in progress. Oh, my God. I could talk to you all day. I want to say so many more things. <laughs> you need to finish. I also, I'm, I am, I can't not say one of them. I also think what you're talking about is such an important, like, I don't know what the word, but a deconstructing of power structures. Yes. Like, the fact that you're working shoulder to shoulder, me too. I don't think I've ever made, I hope that comes across in everything I do, that I'm doing the money work yes I've got more experience yes I've coached like at this point hundreds and hundreds of people on this stuff so I see the themes but it doesn't mean this stuff eludes me like and the fact that like can I just encourage everyone listening work with the coaches that acknowledge that and admit that because they're the ones that are going to just really like the power that they hold is going to be held in a responsible and edifying way I just oh. need to say that a bit I completely agree. And I just wanted to share something as well, Ray. I want to say thank you so much for doing this work. It really is clear that it feels yeah. like your purpose. I remember when I came across you and I was just like, not it was the topic area, but the fact that it felt so authentic. And I heard mm. your story and I was like, wow, like she really feels like she's embodying the transformation that she's talking about. And, and the things that you are like bringing forward on your podcast and through your coaching program and just the areas and like the programming that you're unraveling that you're helping us unravel too it's so important you know so Thank I'm so you. grateful for that you exist and that you're doing the work that you're doing um there's so much out there that is available mm -hmm. to us and it's about time that we actually acknowledge that absolutely absolutely thank you that was very lovely of you to say and I'm really excited even though we've said it doesn't matter if you're employed or not I'm super excited that you've been able to do the thing you wanted to do which was to run your business in this way and it was so nice to be going through as I always do with these podcast episodes going through your Instagram going through your website and being like yes she's doing it so exciting so before we finish I always ask people three questions the first like quick fire questions the first question is finish this sentence money is creative oh, yes I think that's my answer too maybe sometimes I say freedom sometimes I say powerful but being creative with money is my faves secondly what is like a book that you've read recently or just a book that you like to recommend it doesn't need to be business but if it is that's fine that you could share with the listeners I think like a book that I share with all my clients is Set Boundaries, Find Peace by Nedra Tawab. And I also mm -hmm. love recently I read or pretty recently in Matt Hughes book, The Joy of Saying No. They're, I think they're also very um, go hand in hand with this topic, like mm. making sure that our yes is a real yes and like learning how to say no. Absolutely. And then lastly, bit of a gear change. You can only eat one food for the rest of your life. What is it? <laughs> burgers in any shape or form. I just love burgers. Right? I that think that would be my husband's answer. Sounds like a, a good burger with sriracha mayo, cheese. Nice, nice. I'm, yeah, I hear you. Absolutely. Me and my husband, whenever we have got like a date night, which is not very frequent, we try and find, like, we'll look up where the best burgers are and we try and go to places to have. I have to say, he makes the best burgers 
of anybody. So we ha- we are yet to find a burger, in my opinion. He's always like, oh, stop it. But genuinely, we are yet to find a burger that I think is better than his. His burgers Amazing. are. Amazing. Amazing. I have to try and I'll send you one. <laughs> Someone to Sweden. Thank you so much for being here. Could you let people know how they can find you? Thank you so much. So you can find me on Instagram at RuthyZI. My website is RuthyZI.com where you can sign up to my newsletter or you can um, just stay up to date with all of my offerings. Email address and contact form is on my website. I'm also working on my own podcast at the moment. It's going to be coming out before the end of the year. So subscribe to my newsletter and Instagram and you'll be up to date with uh, all of my offerings and coaching programs. Amazing. And we'll add all of that to the show notes as well for easy access. Thank you so much for being here. I really have loved this. I'm sure you're all going to have loved the episode as well. And do go and seek Ruthie out. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you next time.